Again. <laughs> Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to This is the Part I Don't Get. I'm Bay. And I'm Jay. And this is episode 24, I think. Yes, I believe so. We uh, we just finished the holiday episode. Yes, the holidays we, are done. They're over after. Well, not quite Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> one of the 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 big Christmas is over. <laughs> we will be airing this episode after the New Year's, but right now we're recording it pre because yes. somebody's going on vacation. I got to get out of here, guys. I gotta get out of here. This cold is just it's too much. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we sound a little clearer today. Because we have new equipment. Yay! Woo! Thank you, Santa. Thank you, Santa. And thank you to our sound guy. <laughs> Z. Let's call him Z for now. <laughs> Thanks, Z. <laughs> thank you, Z. Yeah, we had quite an ordeal setting this up. Because yeah. neither of us know what we're doing. So we just stood there and, you know, we're not well, Some helpful. of us sat. Yes. Some of us sat true. there. I'd sipped my lazy. Diet Coke. Yeah. That that was quite an ordeal. Like there are so many wires. Yeah, although I did find the on button at one point. I was proud of myself for that. Oh my gosh. We can tell when something's not working. Yes. And when something's working, but we can't make it work and we can't figure out why it doesn't work. <laughs> now so. we got these fancy headphones yeah. and I can hear myself and I can hear you. I know, it's clearly. weird. So never been able to hear your voice this clear in my life. Yeah, we I feel like I'm on a radio show or something. <laughs> Except people actually listen to the radio, so yeah. <laughs> Boom! Um, I just <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm I pretty it's sure it's turn? my turn. Yeah, so get to it. So thanks. Hey, we both have big writing on our paper. <laughs> this is like size 14. It's uh, not big. Uh, okay. 12 maybe. Um, <clears throat> so I myself, okay, and what I would consider myself to be an artist. I'm not a, by any means a professional artist. <laughs> I don't sell my work or anything like that. No, but you're I consistently very create. Something I, you know, went to art school, you know, I have an art education degree. So um, this was an interesting one for me because it is art, very, very art related. Um, and like I personally had somewhat, somewhat of a negative experience when I went to like art school, like a private art school. Yeah, I remember um, that. <laughs> so just because of like, it's just like a whole new world and it's really hard to explain unless you've been to some sort of like performance school or you know, just singing or acting or something like that. And anything that's artistic, it's just, yeah. it's like they suck the soul well, right out you of you. I remember my roommate in college was, I don't know if she was an oh, art yeah, major, she but was. she was up at all hours of the yeah. night doing projects. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, the amount of time that you have yeah. to put into it. It's just different than you can't rush through and reading art a chapter, project. taking tests. Yeah. You can't cram. Then when I, you know, was an art ed major, it was a, an even balance of both, like yeah. going to art classes, but also taking Teaching. tests, reading books, you know, giving presentations and what, what I would say more than half of college level studies are like. So this is an interesting insight to a, a very specific <laughs> type of art. So this happened in December. This happened earlier this month, okay. this year. Recent. So art Basel is a for-profit, privately owned and managed international art fair. And it happens annually in Basel, Switzerland, Miami Beach, Florida, and Hong Kong. 
Um, and they sell the works of established and emerging artists. And it's a, it's a big deal. Like, I mean, million dollar, hundreds of thousands of dollars go into these works and, um, people can go and they can see the show. Yeah. Um, so this year, the most talked about art at Miami's Art Basel in early December was a piece created by an Italian artist named Maurizio Catalan. Um, it's C-A-T-T-A-L-E-N. I'm saying Catalan. Uh, that's what I've heard, like the videos that I watched. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's correct. So the piece was entitled The Comedian. And it ended up selling at Art Basel for $120,000. Damn. So what... Was this precious work <laughs> oh, of art that's over a hundred thousand dollars? That money that we will never see in our lifetimes. Um, it was a banana, a real banana. Oh my god! Duct taped to a wall. I can't. <laughs> Wait, that's it. That's it. It was one of two bananas. I believe there were there was a backup banana somewhere. I could in do there. that. You could do it. Yeah. Anybody so could do that. So it was a banana duct taped to a wall, <laughs> a white wall of the gallery, <laughs> and that sold for $120,000. Please help me get this. So um, really, there are several really things annoyed. that I don't get about this. <laughs> that is one of them. Like, why would someone spend that amount of money on something like this? Why would is it Catalan because of the choose person? Maybe I think so. Yeah, but why would Catalan choose? Like this is like our Basel. This happens once a year in Florida. Why would this be your piece? Um, so let shall I yeah. continue because it gets better. Yeah, and you're um, I, I like that you're an art teacher doing this, and you have a little trouble getting it too because I feel yes. like yeah, maybe yeah, you can help us. So what happened in the end to this one hundred and twenty thousand dollars work of art? A performance artist that was not connected to Catalan at all ate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. After all that? Yes. That's a $120,000 banana. (laughs) I am aware. So while it was on display um, around 1.45 p.m. on a Saturday, on December 7th, during the show, a performance artist named David Datuna took the banana off the wall and ate it in front of cameras and onlookers. So there's like video footage of him doing this. And this was all agreed on. No. Oh, no. Oh, he okay. did not ask permission. Oh, he was not a part of the show. He didn't he buy is it. his own separate performance artist. He did not buy this $120,000 banana. He went up to another artist's work, took it off the wall and ate Ooh. it. I mean, without are going to find another banana? <laughs> I know that specific one. So the gallery founder and gallery spokesman Lucian Terrace told the Herald that Detuna did not quote unquote destroy the artwork because quote the banana is the idea end quote. He also said that Maurizio's Bullshit. work is not just about objects, but about how objects move through the world. I guess through someone's digestive tract. Uh, <laughs> Quote, whether affixed to the wall of an art fair booth or displayed on the cover of the New York Post, his work forces us to question how value is placed on material goods, end quote, he said. So the artist Catalan said that he came up with the banana idea a year prior to this December, and he wanted to create a banana-shaped or influenced sculpture, a work that looked like a banana, was banana influenced and he even brought a banana with him as he traveled and hung it up in every hotel room as he traveled like on a string like i guess like from the ceiling or the wall 
Um, or maybe he used duct tape. And, you know, he did that for inspiration for a full year. And in the end, he just went with the OG idea with a real banana duct tape to the wall. <laughs> so a, a partial potential answer to why would someone spend this amount of money on a banana duct tape to a wall is because Maurizio Catalan created it. Right. So he became very famous in 2017 because he created another work that was a part of his America exhibition. And this was literally an 18 karat gold toilet, Whoa. a functional toilet. Um, and that was like quite the buzz, you know, especially if it's connected to the term America <laughs> we shit on <laughs> thrones of gold. That really is true. Um, it was, it was fully functional and it was, it was displayed in the Guggenheim, which is a very big art museum. Um, and then eventually I guess it was sold or bought, and it was put into the plumbing system of uh, Winston Churchill's birthplace, which is uh, Blen Blenheim Palace, I think is how you say it. And then that's in West London. And then it was stolen. Of course. It was stolen um, only two days after installation. So that toilet was uh, found to be estimated at $1.25 million um, worth. And so because it was even connected to the palace's plumbing, it even like flooded and like created... people actually used it. I don't know. That is a fantastic <laughs> question. I don't know. I would love to go Can you to the bathroom, either number one or two. You got to do number uh, two in that thing. In a gold toilet. I think like, that I would be quite interesting. In a gold Especially toilet. it's like, it's an, it's, it's furthest America display and it ends up in Winston Churchill's of course. birthplace. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Catlin's somewhat famous because he made this toilet, it got stolen, so there's buzz around it. So I can see why someone would spend a lot of money on something that he created. Um, I do not understand why this person would eat it. So back to the banana. So this piece <laughs> itself was pretty controversial, and some people really liked it. Some people thought it was funny. And uh, others thought that it represented... Um, the art world in a positive way, but some thought that, you know, it was thoughtfully mocking the art world and that it was meant to be very tongue in cheek. And after all that, David Detuna says that he's not sorry. He's not sorry for eating the banana. <laughs> and he does like and respect Kathleen, the artist who created the banana display. I and he says that, that he ate the banana in the name of art and because he was hungry. But you wouldn't eat a piece of someone's actual, like a from an actual painting. <laughs> so a lot of people think that Catalan is doing this on purpose to mock what the art world is and represents currently. The um, guy who ate it. No, the guy oh, who that. created oh. the banana. And a lot of people, that's why they like it and they think it's funny. Yeah. And that, I mean, if you can't make fun of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's poking fun at the people who will stare at this banana yeah. and analyze this banana for hours and potentially and do presentations and put it in books and videos and look at how he really represents life. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, look mean? at this banana. The comedian, what does this mean? So some people think that that was his true intention. So it's supposed to be kind of funny. And that's the point of art is to get people talking. Exactly. And, so know, if that's the case, I'm a fan of it. I don't condone the $120,000. Yeah. I don't. I think that's ridiculous no matter what it is. Yeah. I Unless do think it it's going kind of funny. cause or something. I, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's funny. I think that it, if that was his intention, it was a good idea. I desperately tried to find 
like his response to this person eating it, but I couldn't find anything. Now, I do think that it's incredibly rude to eat the banana, regardless yeah. if it is only supposed to be funny. That's still And I think it's also, he was like, he, there was like a press conference and he's like, you know, I, I greatly respect this guy, you know, but I'm not, I'm not sorry. I, I, you know, I, I did it in the name of art, but I, I'm hungry. It, it was just, that's uh. kind of like, the tuna seemed kind of, more like a jerk yeah. to me. Yeah, don't <laughs> like he wanted to get in on and then eat it. the c- controversy and the buzz yeah. by being videoed eating this thing. Yeah. Like, I think he, he like, wanted, wanted to steal the show. Yeah. yeah, and he did. And he claims to be a performance artist, so he claimed that this was his own performance. Has anyone heard of him before this? I couldn't find... I mean, I'm sure no. he's been around, and obviously he was there at Art Basel for a reason, but I've never heard of him. I've heard of The Toilet before, though. So I've heard of Catalan, but I've never heard of him. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I'm not necessarily the. But still, I the feel like ask. you know a lot more about art than <laughs> I know a lot about. Like I know a little bit about a lot. I don't know like <laughs> everything that there is, especially contemporary art, because um, there's it's currently going on around it, you all the time. Yeah. It's like current events. Yeah. Um. So, it took me back to I, I've mentioned Adam ruins everything the show on True TV a couple times here, and where he does a bunch of research on different topics. So he talked about art. And um, art and galleries are an art and auctions and basically just like what we would con- constitute as like the, the art world. So Adam Ruins Everything said that wealthy art and fine galleries can be connected to massive price, price fixing schemes that exclude small and independent artists and benefit wealthy collectors. Just like any corporation. So you think, you know, like the prices are high, it must be good. So we yeah. automatically assume that the art must be good and this is a great artist. Um, and they've been creating for however long. But in reality, it's the galleries and the collectors that have set those prices. Okay. And they're the ones that are solely in control of it. Big galleries even keep their prices a secret so that they can change the price depending upon who's purchasing the work. Oh, so they can up the price so, if somebody yeah, really rich. Yeah, if someone who can afford it. Kind of um, smart, actually. So they, they turn people down sometimes, even though they've hit the price point, if they're not quote-unquote prestigious enough. So How do they know if you're prestigious? I mean, like, are you a famous you. collector? Are oh, you a famous okay. person? So in Adam Ruins Everything, the show, they talked about how that even happened to Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter. So yeah. he tried to, to buy a, a big work of art in a, in a gallery, and they turned him down. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I guess he wasn't who they who were looking for. Harry it's Potter. like in Pretty Woman. <laughs> she holds up the bags. Big mistake. <laughs> We don't sell to your kind here. Uh-huh. Like it's it's ridiculous. It's it's like it should be consumed like any good and service. Yeah, everyone it should, should be have just a sold to get and it. bought. And it's interesting because they totally have a monopoly over it. Like oh, especially yeah. in New York, in New York, London, and Paris, and then um, uh, Hong Kong, Tokyo. Like that's where like the really big art shows. LA is starting to become really kind of like hip now that mm-hmm. Banksy had a couple shows out in California and things like that. So Ellie's kind of coming up in the ranks of being like an art capital of the world too. But um, so if the gallery only sells to the art world elites, they'll have better reputations, the galleries themselves. So they can just keep doing it over and over and over again. And it's like a revolving door. And so then the show was like, well, well okay, what about an auction? An auction's like a public gathering anyone could walk through that door you know like they're if you bid high enough they're just going to give it to you and sometimes in auctions they have people who bid for them because you know they work for them and they're mm-hmm. like go bid abc like you can see that even in seinfeld where elaine 
bids that oh, really, yeah. like ridiculous amount because she wants to outbid that front the well frenemy in the audience. So the Adam Rohn's everything was saying how auctions um, they 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 even pay people to participate. So the auction house themselves puts like plants in the oh, audience to pretend like they're going to bid to pretend to bid to drive up the price. Damn. And um, when one work of an artist sells a lot for a lot of money, mm-hmm. that would then uh, drive up the price of the other works of art that have already been created by that same artist. So it benefits the person who wants to buy it um, or who even doesn't want to buy it necessarily. Like, let's say you have a, a Picasso painting, mm-hmm. right? But now there's this new rare Picasso painting that was just found, right? If that one goes up for a really, really high amount of money, then your one that you own is now worth more. So you don't even have to buy the one. So then you will also try and drive up the price in an auction just to benefit yourself in the end Uh so that your collection is worth more. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. And then so, so sometimes people um, intend for work to sell very high in order to make more on what they already own, and they can bid on works of art at an auction in order to drive up the price. So it's like, I just think it's like kind of shady, you know, like, because if you're in art school, like, you're like, I'm going to make it, you know, <laughs> you're like trying yeah. Like, I think it's probably similar to what it's like to be an actor, probably. Like, you're trying so hard. Yeah, it's But then like you realize there's all these dirty politics in, like, the world, you know. And it's just, it's hard. Theater, movies, music, whatever. I never had any intention of ever being a fine artist because, because of this kind of thing. It's a lot of who you know. Yeah. Where and you are. I had an I had an art history professor who told me one time, she's like, I could have been famous. Sure. <laughs> That's what everyone thinks. That was on day one. She goes, I could have been famous in the 60s. I was doing everything they were doing, but I didn't do A, B, and C. And I also had another art history professor who said exactly what you said. You're like, I could have done that. And yeah. she was like, yeah, you could have, but did you? <laughs> and like, because a lot of people say like, you know, my kid could do that or I could do that. Yeah. I actually saw this great documentary about that. And it's just, like, the right time, right place, who you know. Yeah, and I think it's more, like, the name, like, mm-hmm. who did it. You know, yeah, obviously I could do it, but I'm not an artist, and so it wouldn't really mean anything. Um, and I have no, you know, background. People don't know my other works. I have no other work. I know, right? But <laughs> if you did, they would be worth a lot now. Well, damn it. sold this new piece. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't even imagine. I also think about, like, the remake of Crack. Was it Great Expectations with Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow? Because he's like this lowly artist, and then they start, he like become like all this like buzz, and he starts selling it in a gallery in New York and he becomes really famous really quick. And it was because he had like that wealthy benefactor. So I feel like it's just whoever you know. Yeah. I remember I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid. And you did? Yeah, I did. You never told me that. I was very young, and what stopped me, I I got it real early. Um, Your art teacher? No, I was. (laughs) I was watching TV, innocently, probably cartoons, and all of a sudden this thing comes on, a commercial, save the starving artists. And forever from that point in my mind, (laughs) I was convinced that if I was going to be an artist, I was going to be starving because I wouldn't make any money, which actually... Isn't true. Well, I mean, it's 
not totally, you know, impossible. Well, so if you are a <laughs> you don't fine make a artist, lot of money. If you're a fine artist, you most likely have to have another job. Yeah, like you said, just it's like, like being an actor, just like being an actor like or a, a musician. But if you are like maybe you work in the art department at an advertising agency, or maybe you, you know, work in a printing press making T-shirts. You know, like there are functional jobs. There's even, um, like if you make and sell, um, prosthetics, you have to have a sculptural background for that. That makes sense. If you're an architect, like, so there are, there's lots of real life art jobs out there working for the movies, commercials, cartoons, You would think like a plastic surgeon or something would have to have some sort of... I'm sure there's a ton of math involved in that. But I remember when I was in high school, my art teacher gave me this long, long list of practical real life uh, applications for our art degree. And it was like all these jobs that you can have. I mean, even if you're uh, like we have a friend who's a horticulturist. Yeah. A lot of that goes into that, like how you set up your gardens and designs and things. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I want to I want to do this. And I know about plants. You also have to. (laughs) Yeah. You have to kind of know what you're doing. (laughs) If you're trying to be a fine artist, just a fine artist, then you probably. When you say fine artist, you mean just. Painting on a canvas? Yeah. So it's digital art or fine art. Okay. So hard material that you can hand, that you put in your hands. Okay. So hopefully my topic didn't bore you. No, it's very interesting. Very interesting. You sound super excited about it. No, sorry. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you hiding your yawn. (laughs) No, it it wasn't the topic. It was just... Sure. No, I'm just... I I don't know why. I I, Sometimes you get too much sleep, I guess. I I think it's because we just ate. Yeah. Well, thank you for that topic. <laughs> You're welcome. That, no, I like the banana you, thing. I know. I just can't believe. <laughs> mine Mine is like one flimsy piece of paper. You have like a whole novel. Oh, no. It. It's because I printed out a little <clears throat> article to a little thing to add. I don't know hey, what this is. Uh, um, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so oh, by I, the way, I got my information from CBSnews.com. And, <laughs> Speaking of plagiarism. And Adam ruins everything. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, so I I went to visit my, my dad, longtime listener, um, oh, and uh, asked him what topic he would like to Oh, hear did you about. really? And so he gave me the answer of old people. <laughs> that was, that was his answer? <laughs> old people. Went like... Like people in his generation. That was all I could older. get. That was all I could get from him. So right. I just kind of took it and ran Great with topic. it. Great <laughs> topic. <laughs> but you know, I googled old people and I came out with some interesting things. <laughs> I tried to find weird old people stuff, but <laughs> it was a little too much. Um, the biggest one was why do old people smell? And there's I, oh my gosh, yeah, I'll go into that Ew. a little bit at the end, but it was grossing me out too much. So um, oh, why do old so I I came across. <laughs> Um, this great article in the Times called um, Older People Become What They Think, Studies Shows, and it's by Judith Graham. Um, so research has found that when stereotypes are negative, um, when, I'm sorry, so let's go back a little. So someone who is, quote unquote, elderly is usually 65 and older in Western civilization, according to it's the like World Health Organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've just been kind of calling them seniors in this. I, I like that word better. Um, when So they found that when stereotypes are negative, when seniors are convinced that becoming old means becoming useless, helpless, or devalued, they are less likely to seek preventative medical care and die earlier and more likely to suffer memory loss and poor physical functioning 
um, a growing body of research has shown. Real okay. So if if the if being older and the symptoms of that come from being older and the medical things are negatively associated, they're less likely to get seek treatment. No, it's more like if you have a bad view of getting old, like you just mm -hmm. think like everything's going to suck. I have no use in the world. You're more likely to have, um, oh, like you're a less likely to prophecy. take care of yourself. Okay. Exactly. Um, it's like, it's all going downhill anyway. Right. I might as but well it's just still like a chicken or egg. Put kind up of the little thing. white flag. Yeah. Um, okay. so that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I can't well, wait. No, I think it's kind of cool, though, because it's like if you change it to a positive. Yeah. Um, well, this is me. So in the latest <laughs> report in the Journal of the American Medical Association suggests <laughs> that seniors with this positive bias are 44% more likely to fully recover from a bout of disability. Um, or disability, that doesn't make sense. A bout of uh, illness about or disability. any sort of like medical issue that, you know, arises when yeah. you're older or probably younger, too. Um, your attitude counts because it can yeah. activate or potentially modify deeply held age stereotypes. It's like the secret. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Or like, uh, what's your name? Brene Brown or whatever. Yeah. Brene Brown. Sh hers is all about shame, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's some shame in this, I guess. Yeah. I, I can totally um, see. So on the forefront of this research is a psychology professor at Yale, Becca Levy, who began her research in the 90s. Um, she flashed words onto a screen that were either positively associated with aging, such as the word wisdom, okay. or negatively associated with aging, such as the word decrepit. <laughs> That's really bad. That's like really <laughs> <laughs> She went there. So she's flashed these um, words to a group of seniors, but it wasn't long enough for them to actually process the words. It was just like kind of an, like an unconscious yeah. thing. Yeah. Like um, your initial, initial. Yeah. Word. They didn't really process negative, them. Negative, positive. Exactly. So those primed with negative words associated with aging tended to have poorer handwriting, higher levels of cardiovascular stress. <laughs> I know. Like, who cares? That's so specific. <laughs> oh I my know. gosh, my handwriting. And we're more likely to reject hypothetical medical intervention. So like... If you were to get this, would you go to the doctor? I guess they're like, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. They all, all apparently no. in our world, all old people yes. sound like that. <laughs> I know. Let's talk about stereotypes. But, um, I feel like that's my go-to voice for everything. I know. I think not maybe old. I get that from you. I don't know. I think you do, too. <laughs> Everyone that annoys you, you're just like, ah. <laughs> they all sound the same. So Dr. Levy followed 660 participants starting at age 50 for 23 years. Oh, my gosh. She could found, you imagine? I know. That's a lot of patience. commitment. I know. And you probably get kind of attached And, like, to if you're people. a scientist and you're doing a study for 20 years. Yeah. You're like, when does God. it end? Or what if you get sick or you can't do it for some reason? I guess what someone has you to die? take on your work. I yeah, guess exactly. So. Well, there's so. usually a team of people. But um, she found that those that answered yes to age stereotypes, such as um, as you get older, you get less useful. They lived on average 7.5 years less than okay. um, those with positive age stereotypes. She also found that people with positive age stereotypes were more likely to eat a balanced diet, get regular checkups, limit alcohol consumption, and um, either stop smoking or did not smoke. Okay. Um, so, again, it's like, w did these people do this because they felt good or did they feel good because they did this, like... Uh -huh. It's not a clear what, like the you know, thing you know, causation is not yeah. proved by correlation, that whole thing. Um, 
Dr. Levy's research even showed that people with better attitudes and positive stereotypes are more likely to make a full recovery from an illness or injury, which I think I mentioned earlier. So like, um, you know, like you, you break, you break your hip or something, you more likely to have a full comeback instead of, um, you know, I think I've seen a Ted talk by this woman. Maybe. Yeah. Cause there up. was like this list of things of like that you think are important in order to live a long life. Yeah. And she researched people for like for decades. Yeah. And obviously some of her patients kicked the bucket <laughs> and, uh, and is that it, the I, technical term? I, yes, absolutely. And <laughs> what she said is like, what do you think? And like most people in the audience thought like, you know, eating a balanced diet, getting lots of exercise would be number one or two. Yeah. But number one was... It was like who you talk to, like small yes, interactions, having right? I saw that. multiple series of interactions with, with like, a variety of people on yeah. a daily basis. Like people at the store yes. or that you... Yeah, it was like... Yeah. But it wasn't even like like close friendships. It was just Not like... necessarily, Almost yeah. like But that was high up there. Yeah. I wonder if that was the same lady. personal relationships with people... And then the number one was to have lots and lots of interactions with lots of different people on a very regular basis. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a centigenarian now. I know. I, the minute <laughs> I, I heard that, I was like, man, I need to start saying hi to more random people. It made me feel better about, about my potential trajectory. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when I go like to work or just out anywhere, I, I try to talk to us. Few people, few people as possible. possible. Like even when they yeah. ask me for help at the store, I'm like, no, I'm good. Like <laughs> don't, don't, like talk me, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Anxiety, I feel because I'm the same way. Like I'll be with like a really cheery person when I'm going out, and then they'll have like a full on conversation. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I know, and I'm like, <laughs> let's just get it. And, and I'm go. like inching my way out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> is she is she getting the message? No, I she's not. They're living longer than we are. Yeah, we're we're screwed. <laughs> I think this might be the same woman. <laughs> yeah, um, Becca Levy. I don't know. But I do remember seeing some of that yeah. TED talk because I was like, what's the answer? What's the answer to a long life? I think I fast forwarded. <laughs> and then she had the little graph. And I was like, oh, it's not diet and exercise this whole time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's hope. Um, so just to, on, to end on kind of a positive note. Um, Why do old people smell? No. Uh, I, well, with that, there were mixed reviews of whether or not they really did smell differently. Someone even did this do. test of like armpit testing people's armpits. Are you serious? Someone and people did that? Them. I think they took samples. <laughs> and I was like, how do you recruit for that? Are you going to have to smell these samples from old people's armpits <laughs> and compare them? So. Yeah, one researcher, I think, found that, that there was a difference because of certain chemicals, I guess, that you have or don't have when you get older. And then and then another researcher found that it was, wasn't different at all. So it's very unclear. But, okay. I mean, I know there's, like, the old people, the quote-unquote old people smell of, like, mothballs that people yes. think about. or, like, dust or... Or, like, if you go to a nursing home, it has a very specific smell. But I don't think old That's people like in bleach. general... Or I think maybe just, you know, if they've been wearing clo- the same clothes for a while it might yes to smell musty yeah musty that's what Special they said must that's what they said in the, yes, article, the under musty the folds smell. if you will <laughs> thank you <laughs> i feel sorry for my grandkids because okay, go there's it. gonna be a smell but i don't know what it's gonna be it's Please, gonna be a gonna fart be. it's gonna be a fart smell there's been a smell for quite some time <laughs> good I'm good i'll waft it over near to you 65 <laughs> well you know you love it. You love yes, my brand. Yes, I do. But, yeah, so the last part, um, 
just to end on a, a good note, because I, I love reading articles about like the oldest person to still do this or the oldest person to oh, do yeah. this. Um, like, so there was this article, there's an 82 year old um, bodybuilder. Here's my little picture of her. Um, and she, so this guy tried to break into her house. Oh my gosh. He picked the wrong oh, person because this woman body slammed him into a table to the point where he had to go to the hospital. She was fine. Um, <laughs> her name is, where is it? Willie Murphy. She was in Ro Rochester, New York. Um, <laughs> it says, this was, uh, this is November, I think mid-November. Last this Thursday, year? yeah, around 11 p.m., a man broke into 82-year-old Willie Murphy's <laughs> Rochester home, but she's not pressing charges. I already sent him to the hospital, she said <laughs> Monday, following a workout at her home away from home, the Maplewood YMCA at 25 Driving Park Avenue. Oh, and this is by Marsha Greenwood in the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. <laughs> Murphy, who is barely five foot tall and weighs 105 pounds, beat the intruder so hard with a small table that it broke. Then, while the man was on the floor, Dave's... <laughs> small table? <laughs> that's, that's my go-to. <laughs> She's like, oh, here's a perfect weapon. Um, then, while the man was on the floor, dazed, she poured shampoo in his eyes. Oh, my gosh! Then, while he screamed at her, <laughs> calling her, quote, everything but the mother of God, quote, she, <laughs> she jumped on him. And then, Murphy, who admitted to uttering a few loud, a few four-letter words herself, grabbed a broom the one she uses to clear snow off her car, and repeatedly jabbed him with all my force, she said. Her force <laughs> is a lot. <laughs> and then she just called the cops? Um, yeah. Well, well, he had to be taken to the hospital. 911, what's your emergency? Well, I just beat the <laughs> uh, crap You're going to need to guy. help this gentleman. He made the mistake own. of trying to rob my ass. <laughs> so she is a 2018 World Natural Powerlifting Federation Upstate New York, New York champ. Um, she was the organi organization's lifter of the year in 2014. She can do one-handed pull-ups, one-handed push-ups, fingertip push-ups. Oh, my. Oh, my God. What? I've seen that, but <gasps> obviously I'm not going anywhere near it. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. And the push-ups where you put your fingers in a diamond formation and press oh, your nose you like all the this. way down. You go like this. Damn. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, and there's a picture of her lifting. Um, the one thing about bodybuilding that I don't, I don't understand is like why the need for the spray tan. Like, can we just yeah? Have well, apparently, skin? from what I've heard from Irish dancing, is it makes your muscles like stand out, stand out. Yeah, because of the shadows, I guess. I, th I think yeah. I don't understand why they like want to grease them up, kind of yeah, a little bit, like in like that shiny. little sweat shine. Yeah, because it's like a polish. Almost like, I don't know, just like when you're on stage kind of thing. And I get like, when you do theater and stuff, I know people wear makeup, but so you don't want to like be like totally like blanched out. But yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, some of those lights. hands are like ridiculous. Yeah. They look like darker than the table I'm sitting at and it's just not appropriate. Yeah. It's like orange. Yeah. I, I don't think she does any of this. Um, she's African American, so I mean, I oh, don't know. okay. And it's it's said natural of this one person I knew. Yeah, it says natural, so I think 
that might mean like no spray chance. Oh, I don't good. know what that means. Good for but, her. But I'll post some pictures. The the cops that came to help her uh, took a selfie with her because they were so impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll yeah. have to post that on Instagram too. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my end to, you know, um, just because you're old doesn't mean you can't kick ass. So, wow. and that'll help us have a positive mindset as we get older. As we get older. Yes. As we venture into those years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was a good topic. Thank I you. wanted to Thanks, before. Dad. Yes, thank you very much, Mr. J. Uh, <laughs> Jay's dead. I wanted to read a correction. Oh, a correction. I don't even know where it oh, is. Oh, from from a listener. Yeah. Oh, where is it? Keep talking while I scroll through my phone. Um, let me see if there's anything I missed. <laughs> I credit everybody. Yes, I credit. Look at how prepared I am for all of this. My goodness. My goodness. What's your New Year's resolution? Oh, I got it. Um, <laughs> okay, you can just ignore it. Yeah, we will have to really think. I will think about that one. So Maybe being more organized and prepared. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> um I'm pretty organized, although right, this was a good, bad example. Um, so when we were talking about, I don't even think it was the last time. I think it was like two episodes ago. We were talking about Taylor Swift and how like um, Scooter Brown, like yeah, that was two. Could episodes. say like, oh, she couldn't do the the V. I think it was a VMA awards. Yeah. And you and I both were on the same page. Like, okay, she can't sell her recordings anymore. Mm -hmm. But what about the performances? Like, why can't she just perform it? Because she's not selling it. Right. So. We had a listener say, um, what's, which listener? Uh, Mitch. Oh, thank you, Mitch. Mitch, long time listener. He's even emailed before. Or no, I don't think he has. Get on it, Mitch. Okay. Well, this will count. <laughs> <laughs> said, um, uh, he corrected, he like basically answered my question because we were like, we don't know. And so, we are not going to do any more research do to anymore. figure it out. No. So he did the work for us. So in short, she has the right to make new, um, so the Grammy, the, oh, it was the Grammys. Oh, okay. See, I don't even know what the performance is. Oh, I really is. thought it was, I thought the, it was VMAs. the VMAs. Um, is that the Grammys is recorded. Well, the VMAs is recorded too, so yeah, it doesn't matter same idea. E either one. It's a recorded televised performance, which then falls back into the re-recording re conflict. In oh. short, she has the right to make new masters of those songs next year, or maybe in two years, as something expires. That's what I would then. do. Um, but the Grammys fall within this protected window. Um, now, if she wants to sing the songs at her concert, no one can stop her. But if she can't record or sell that performance until after the window is is closed, or at least that's my understanding, end quote. That's from Mitch. Oh, thank you, that Mitch. That sounds pretty good to that me. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Yeah. Or <laughs> so, she could just be like, hey, don't record. <laughs> so he sent that in to me, and I was so I was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to. I'm going to give him a little Thank bit you. of credit for doing that little And then up. didn't we have another another listener say that there is a, a species of animal that eats Christmas trees? Oh, yes. Oh, after the Christmas episode. I was listening episode, to our last episode. I was like, wait. A little bit of a correction there, yeah. too. Because um, you and I went on about, like, I've never seen an animal. Like, Who eats Christmas trees? Maybe that we even said maybe that's made up. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> elephants eat Christmas trees. Little Miss which Elephant is, Lover. And I, I didn't and even know the this. person who told me was like, I can't believe you don't know that because I am obsessed with elephants and I collect them. I know all kinds of random facts about them too, but now you know apparently 
people do donate them to zoos, um, not every zoo, but so that so elephants play with them and then they do eat them. Ouch. <clears throat> I mean, they're tough though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, could you imagine being bitten by one of those? <laughs> by an elephant? That would kill you for sure. <laughs> That's like why you say like hippos are so deadly is because yeah. of their jaws. Or they strength. just stomp on you. I'd rather yeah, it's true. not be stomped on. That's true. <laughs> but I saw all these like really cute photos of them Aww. like playing with it. It was so cute. <laughs> but you know, let's not talk about Sue's anymore. Okay. We had a whole episode. Yeah, we did that. a whole episode. <laughs> well, thank you all for, for listening. We hope you have a great uh, yeah. holiday and and a happy new year. Yes. So we'll be back to our regular recording every two weeks after after this one. So this one yeah. should go up on, the I think, the second. Right? The first is a Wednesday. The second is a Thursday. Yes. So it'll go up on the second. The and most then... depressing day of the year when everyone has to go back to work in life. Fun fact, Dak Shepard's birthday. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Shout That's out to Dak really Shepard. really random. But... <laughs> And uh, as always, please feel free to share our lovely cast with anybody you know. And uh, try. I like calling it a cast. And where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. At the part I don't get or this is the part I don't get. Yeah. The the email is just the part I don't get at gmail.com. Instagram is the part I don't get. And Facebook is this is the part I don't get. And stay just tuned look for, for the pictures. cool little kitty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya.